Hello, extra time. You punch the league not to get a hold because it, it damages your reputation. It, it makes people, when they read it, just laugh at you. Single block, they're playing in the league one, and they're playing in Europe, and they're playing in the game in this country. Maybe we should get to the Extra time that sportscast pre-season training underway here with myself, Declan Marin. I'm joined by uh, two men, one of them reporting back uh, fit as a fiddle, Dave Donnelly, welcome back. How's it going, Nick? The other one, not totally match sharp, but uh, we'll get him there. Mock there first, how are you doing? Good, Declan, good. Dave, nice of you to take uh, a little bit of time off the old rugby reporting to join us back down here in the <laughs> League of Ireland stuff. basketball as well. And basketball, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. back. Are you, are you fully committed to another League of Ireland season, or we have you sort of have you on and off? Uh, we'll see how my, my career takes off but, uh, <laughs> I think McDarrow will be over in the every single Leinster match anyway so <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have some reports coming in Well I did get to go to uh, Coventry there, they sent me to Coventry last weekend, interesting to see what the stadium which was going to be similar to what Aircombe Park was going to be like watching uh, Leinster beat Wasp on, on Sunday Lovely stuff, right, well you might have to bear with us here we're obviously, as I said, it's pre-season we're not going to be as um, as witty and as informed as always so we're going to... Um, dive into a couple of stories that we haven't really had a chance to in the off season uh we sort of haven't done a podcast since the year 2020 stuff um so we're we'll, we'll dive into start off with Niall Quinn um his wacky proposal or not depending on what way you see it investment in the academies for the League of Ireland sort of the main um element he's spoken with a, a couple of different interviewers already with Marion Fanukin with um various other uh media uh people and, and uh couple of different interviews. Maybe it's just the same one I'm seeing rehashed. A lot of people have had their takes on it. I'm wondering, sort of main elements, are you thinking positive or negative, lads? This, um, are, are you pro-Quinn or are you quite cynical of the view that he's, he's just after a big job? I'm probably less cynical than maybe some people. Certainly less cynical than Eamon Sweeney was in the Sunday Independent. But I think there's pros and cons to some of the things that, that Noel Quinn's been talking about. Uh, I think most people, well, I think everyone will agree that an aca- a proper academy structure within the league is is the way to go, and, and different clubs are are going about it in, in in different manners and trying to develop young players to come through. And we're, we've got the the underage structure that's certainly happening, uh, helping that. The uh, naturalisation of Brazilian footballers is maybe not as uh, yeah, realistic as other things. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, that that's nonsense. That bit. We'll, we'll get on to a bit more detail, but that part particular is nonsense. It struck yeah. me as I, was, I spoke to Dave just when he arrived here, just before you actually, early to pre-season. That's why he got that preamble for the pre-season training. But um, yeah, I, I, speaking to Dave before, I just uh, think at the time, that's not going to happen for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, it'll yeah. Be, it'll be a, we'll never really see that for, you know, regardless of selling players, bringing in Brazilians and selling Brazilians on, just not yeah. going to happen. And, and I think it's stuff like that that has maybe cost them... Maybe people, because of that, using that sort of, he's an outsider yeah. who doesn't understand, because he clearly doesn't understand if that's what he's, if he's thinking that's a viable option. But it doesn't mean everything that's in there is bad. Yeah, so there's also maybe tax breaks to develop the academies. And we have seen exchequer funding going to sporting organisations. So we've, you know, we've seen the GA players are getting uh, their funding. That's not what it was previously. But there is scope potentially to, to do something like that. Obviously, the players, when they finish uh, their career, can claim the tax back. So there is already a benefit, benefit that way. Like, is he looking for a, a, a job within Irish football? Potentially, yeah. like the talk is that the season after next, the league will be run by a separate entity, partly by the clubs, partly by the FBI. They'll need a, a, a chief executive. 
Quinn's got brilliant experience. We're talking about somebody who played at the highest level of the game in England, um, played at the highest level in international football uh, in World Cups, um, was a chief executive of Sunderland when, we might talk about Sunderland later on, but when they were in the top top flight and uh, successfully brought a, a group of people together to take over the club who made quite a lot of money, I think, when they, they left the club as well. So uh, he's certainly some someone that could bring something to, to the league. I don't think he's short of a few Bob either. So, mm. um, uh, so well, he walked away from Sky work at the time, to be fair. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's maybe at the... The, the forethought of his mind. Dave, do you think it's a... For, for me, it's it's a bit of an ambitious and a bit of a naive um, plan, but I think he means well. Do you think some of the criticism he got was maybe a bit unfair? We talked about Eamon Sweeney's piece there. I thought it was in elements harsh, but do you think some of the um, criticism labelled at a, a man like Niall Quinn for coming up with a, a suggestion towards improving a league is, is a bit unfair? Uh, yeah, the... Well, the Eamon Sweeney piece was a bit of a bloodbath in the end. I think uh, poor Niall didn't come out of it too well. But it's uh, it, it was quite personally driven. I thought it, it didn't maybe hack into him professionally, yeah. more personally. What uh, the kind of guy he's like, his business bed mates kind of stuff. I think didn't he bring up um, Fintan Drury and uh, <laughs> Platinum One at one point? Their their plan, what twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, for the All Ireland League that ended up not coming anywhere close to fruition. So I think probably there's a bit of. Um, a bit of what you what would you call it? Uh, you know, um, learned cynicism in uh, Sweeney's voice that is kind of based on you know so many promises <laughs> over the years from so many different people, so many proposals from people that have turned out to be, you know, pipe pie in the sky or pipe dreams or whatever. It's probably that maybe it was a bit personally driven as well. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, from my own point of view, I don't know where I fall on the cynicism scale, but. Uh, in in my opinion anyway there's absolutely no chance any of this is going to happen so it's kind of a it's a moot point from that point of view but uh, as John O'Sullivan I think pointed out in his 42.ie uh, mentioning the competition there um, his his article today was basically suggesting that you know um, as you know <laughs> good or bad though the arguments may be he's the sort of figure who can put uh, the league in I suppose in its um, in, in a place uh, in the media, you know, in the media view, or get publicity that the the league couldn't otherwise get, and uh, at the moment, you know, there there is a bit of a conversation around football development in Ireland happening, and it's not something that happens too often, and it's definitely not something that happens uh, particularly often with relation to to the League of Ireland and looking at solutions for it. So we can see both sides of it, I suppose. But um, as I said, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, fair, I I do understand a fair element of that. I think as well as. Um as well as a lot of the criticism of Quinn, a lot of people have sort of done what you've said, McDara. They've not really tapped into the fact that he has been relatively successful in elements of what he's done so far. He's got good connections. He's got, look, yeah, not a fulfilled idea. I think Dan McDonald pointed this out. He's got, you know, a semblance of an idea yeah. here, a sort of rough uh, thing to go on. Arguably more than we have at the moment um, with regards to things. Again, not to not to keep hacking into Eamon Sweeney's piece, but he sort of suggested this is an idea that's already been looked after by the FAI and that if Noel Quinn went and then got his government buddies to look after this, it would be deconstructing something, reconstructing it with Quinn at the head. I'm not sure that's exactly what's happening here. The idea that what we have is okay, Quinn's idea is nonsense, I don't think that's it at all, is it? No, I don't think so. Like... Quinn is obviously he's been everywhere like it's like he's been popping out of uh, bushes to be talking about this but one of the things is that uh, Virgin Media are probably quite happy with him because he's been doing promotional work for 
their sports channel and he's been asked these questions about the League of Ireland and he's quite happy to he's quite happy to talk about it um, like he's even uh, Senator Aon O'Riordan is having a public meeting on the, the 4th of February I think it is um, about making politics work for football and Niall Quinn's talking about that as well along with uh, Emma Malone and, and Ethel Buckley of, of SIP2 as well so um, he seems to be he seems to be everywhere trying to, to trying to talk about it but much better that we are having this conversation rather than um, rather than not, not to say that there maybe isn't things happening in the background in relation to the the Premier Club Alliance um, that we just probably wouldn't know about. Um, this story has the potential to to roll on a bit because um, there is talk that Brian and Brian Kerr um, and that Red Strike CEO Mike Farnan uh, are going to join Ireland and talk to the government about it. So I don't know um, where this could develop. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Dave, if you've something you want to come in on a bit more. Um, well, just on the element of the, the I suppose the, the government element of it, I think uh, it's been brought up a few times, and, and Noel brought it up himself in terms of uh, you know tax breaks and stuff like that, and specifically pointed to the to the um, what you call it the the horse and industry that's had all sorts of breaks over the years and all sorts of um, supports. And um, I think if you even if you look at you know Porky Quive going on at the moment, the the massive overspend on that thirty million euro of of uh, sports capital funding going to that, and you know it's. Uh, <laughs> I've said my piece in that stadium before, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I don't know if there if there was a way to maybe um, uh, push this academy idea as kind of a, a sports capital investment. You never know. There could be you know a, a notion of fairness pointing to you know this this organisation gets this, this organisation gets that. Maybe there would be some sort of government money available there, but. If it is going to be uh, for the benefit of uh, private companies uh, setting up private academies, um, uh, well, that may be um, the uh, the vogue sort of uh, thing in Finnegale at the moment. I'm not sure it would fly around um, the people who own the purse strings or people who hold the purse strings around the the public purse. Would you, Dave, just because you do a fair bit on on the uh, sort of the women's league here? I, I noticed there was a, a bit of an omission. Actually, I thought. To be fair, Dame Sweeney, he picked up on that quite well. That not one mention regarding the women's game over here is that to be kind of left off the chart. Um, where would the, I'm, I imagine clubs directly connected would stand to benefit from this in some capacity, but maybe not. Um, well, I think probably Quinn's interest is with the with the specifically with the League of Ireland, uh, specifically with the men's game, and whether mm. there can be a, a quick turnaround of money made there which I'm guessing is kind of the the motivation for the people in the private business uh, everybody who kind of uh, looks at women's football and women's sport in general knows that's the massive growth area in the future especially if it's um if it's handled properly and promoted in the way that it should be but um uh, I think for private businesses uh, the, the, the likes of you know the, the people Quinn are working with I don't think they're really interested in in the long game they're probably more interested in the short term which is another reason to be maybe a little bit suspicious. Fair enough. Look, we'll leave that one there for the time being because, uh, as I said, that could roll on a little bit further uh, by the time we, we finish up here even. Um, who knows? Um, something we are... Sort of, I was going to say blessed, but I, I don't want to kind of go over the top with because it, it came in when we were planning to do this show, this piece, and I thought, this is lovely. This is the exact kind of content that, that suits us to go and, and chat a bit about. It's uh, Kimmage meeting Stephen Kenny. Um, and I know a lot of different people are going to have a lot of different things to say in it, but um, I, I think this one has the potential to be quite interesting to rumble on a little bit further. Um, just some direct quotes here, you know, things that stood out in the interview um, regarding Saipan. You fucking do know everyone has a view on Saipan. Um, to show deck, family yeah, show. Now, to, now we're <laughs> going to be an explicit... Uh, to... Referring to Stephen, uh, clearly with a, a forced narrative of you're an outsider. Uh, I think if you control F 
outsider on that piece you'll find 12 15 mentions um to uh you haven't gone away you haven't done it in england you're nobody uh, followed by talk of him being an outsider it was an interesting piece to say the least it was long he's come under some criticism Kimmich for this piece in terms of his style Dave I think it was you uh, it could be wrong could be falsely attributing to something you're here you talked about how they probably should have cut out certainly the Saipan um, question or not not question the insult <laughs> that was kind of a question was that you I could be wrong no the element I took issue with was um, I actually misattributed it to, to Kimmich but um, after after um, Stephen Kenny confided that uh, you know his, his friend had died by suicide, um, he kind of joked later on. He was like, "It's very depressing. You'll have to call the Samaritans later on," which obviously it's it's an innocent enough joke. But I think uh, you know, yeah. in the process of looking back on it and actually printing it, somebody somebody probably should have said that's that's a bit in poor mm. taste. Yeah, I, th- I think the one thing you can take from this piece, it does. It, I will say it reaffirms how excited I imagine a lot of football fans are and should be. Um, for Stephen Kenny to get the Ireland job for him to take over because there's a lot of sort of exciting and interesting things in there but it also reaffirms that as a sports person Paul Kimmage must be one of the you know least enjoyable people to interview you because he just seems to um, his, his style I was trying to think of how exactly you go about his style it's a sort of aggressive abusive therapist slash kidnapper it's as if you know it's what a kidnapper would sort of ta- say yep. to you as if you were misbehaving. Have you seen Trust? If you've seen Trust, you'll see the kidnappers sort of get close to the guy. What, um, what kidnappers? Have you, do you know that? <laughs> no, you know what I mean. on about Saipan. <laughs> not, not necessarily Saipan, but there's a sort of friendly but aggressive element to this interview. And, and people talked about it, Kimmage's style. I'm not sure if it's an excuse for some of these poor interview techniques. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a good interview technique and maybe this is better than most of the interviews we've done, to be fair. Um, certainly more interesting for a lot of people. But yeah, it struck me as very strange. I think a lot of people would agree with that. It was, yeah, aggressive, I think, is the term. It was also a five-hour interview. The pair of them must have been exhausted by the end. But, <laughs> was it five hours? Five hours, yeah. And it was across three pages. So it was, it was, a, it was a cracking read. Like it was, but it, it, was, it was aggressive. Like to, to bring... Like he had the audio of Kevin Kilban kind of question whether a, a League of Ireland manager could command yeah. the respect of the dressing room. He started off the interview two-footed, uh, playing the Marion Finucane interview with a lot of ums yeah. and ahs. And like I think, you know, Dave, you have and I have as well spoken to Stephen Kenny, and uh, that's that's what he's like. At times, he is ponderous because he's a deep thinker. Now, uh, Kimmage explained that, but to to play the audio and to it's bad enough we have to listen back to ourselves talk but, um, to do that in, in relation to the interview is uh, yeah uh, probably a, a tough way to, to start off the interview he didn't exactly kind of ease himself in but but listen Paul Kimmage has won numerous journalism awards you know I, I write for the 2018 um, Premier Division programme of the year like so who, who am I to who am I to question but um, like I know I, I, I sat with Stephen Kenny for about an hour back in, in 2013 when I was, I was doing an interview for, for the book I was writing about Sean McRovers and um, interestingly like when I when I rang him to say would he do the interview he, he was happy to do the interview but actually he wanted to do it face to face so he didn't want to do it over the phone which was which was great um, and yeah, it was an hour-long interview. A lot of it was pauses. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have pr- printed it kind of ver- verbatim, but he kind of went into some really interesting things about the difficult year that he spoke about in, in, in that interview as well, um, difficult times for himself personally and not having his, his family with him in Tala at the, at the time because they were still up in Donegal as well as the, the personal tragedy. And, and so it was interesting to, to see 
uh, Kimmich talk about that in the in the interview as well. What did what did you think of that? The style it's done in the the, the you know the untampered with straight from the conversation style. Did, how did that come across in your reading? I, it's not a style I tend to use, but again, like who, <laughs> who am I to criticise Paul Kimmage? But uh, it, it's not something that I would tend to use because it puts the writer in in the piece, um, and yeah. I think Paul Kimmage was very much in that in that piece. Is Paul Kimmage ever not in any Paul Kimmage piece at the moment? As you say, look, we're not we're not here to just um, hammer the guy, but at the same time, it's look, it's out there, it's it's public record, it's fair game to have a look at something if you don't like it, criticise it. Um, I wouldn't say I was totally against it. I think there's lots of good in there, but as you said, I. I Stylistically, when it comes to that sort of making yourself um, nearly the the front and center of it, I I don't ever enjoy those reads. I think it's the kind of fro- frost v Nixon sort of um, you know uh, almost televisual sort of uh, well visual style. I guess you kind of you're almost visualizing them in a in a hotel or in a room or whatever, kind of facing off with each other, and that's kind of that's the the, the dynamic that's at play. But um, you know, I'm a kind of a classic hurler in the ditch. I'd be very critical, as McDara is, of kind of that that sort of style. But then again, it's um, you know, it's not re- it's not really a style that I, I go towards myself. But then again, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can list my own list of achievements, and they're probably not up there with Paul's. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I do find that that sort of style a little bit irritating. But um, I think probably what he was going for was was overall to kind of um, I don't know, create the tension, I guess, and um, even in this his style of interview and I suppose the being aggressive he's trying to put um, to make Kenny uncomfortable and put him on edge which is is funny for people for people who have uh, interviewed uh, Stephen Kenny because you know he's kind of always a little bit sort of nervous and on edge so it's, it's quite interesting that he chose to go that way but um, I suppose it, it did bring out certain um, certain interesting things and um, I, I don't know about anybody else but I kind of came out from the piece thinking you know we're going to win the World Cup Yeah well that's what I was saying there's lots of good stuff in there and really reaffirms how um, exciting it is going to be when Stephen Kenny takes that job there's lots of really really good stuff in there I'm sure McDowell you probably picked up on a, a fair bit of this with your interview but it's time over in Scotland and uh, the Rovers failure particularly for people maybe who, who've only just kind of come late to the party reading about Dundalk it's some really good stuff in terms of experience really showing you what level of managerial experience what m- level of managerial heartbreak uh, and personal tragedy and he's had to get on with and learn as he's going along because he's as he keeps saying it he's far from the finished article Um but I, I thought it was really fascinating. It's exactly what you want to hear. You know, it doesn't feel too constructed. It feels raw and it feels genuine and it feels like there's there's going to be something really enjoyable there in the next couple of years. Well, for people that don't follow the League of Ireland and aren't really aware of Stephen Kenny, I'd say they were they learned a huge amount and it was a fascinating interview. And even for people that, that do know the league, there was there was plenty to pick that out. And it kind of showed the progression of, of him as a, as a person and as a manager, like the, the grow that he has and uh, for, for Derry and how he, he really enjoyed managing up, up there in that club, which is, you know, he, he was really highlighting that it was a special club, that how Rovers just didn't go for him and how he used that to become probably the most successful manager in League of Ireland history, like what he's done at Dundalk, that he that he used that it didn't um he didn't second guess himself and he and he and he kept going and right from the off when he took that Dundalk job he, he got straight into it. And a really brilliant quote in it as well that I just pulled um, just to sort of overlay that. They say once you get the results, people don't care. But I think when the game is played a certain way, um, they get even more joy, which, again, is exactly what we want to hear at this point. You want to hear that, here's my intention. I fully intend to continue over what I was doing in Dock with Ireland and not just um, you know grind out results. Yeah, once, he's, now he's, that I'm in a, a bigger job, 
I'm not just going to do that. I very much want to play this way. And he's he's never been a he's never been about that. And if you look at the style of play at, at any of his clubs, but particularly Dundalk, where he was playing with, you know, he galvanised a, a, a squad around. He brought players in, brought very skillful players in, and, and gave them the the leeway to to play like that. He's even he'll have even better players to to manage when he's got the national team in two years' time. Um. Well, I kind of did. I think the thing that he sort of epitomises is the quote. Um, I can't remember who it's from. I'm thinking Bob Paisley in my head, but it's probably probably way off. Is it Jock Steen? Because he talks a lot about Jock Steen in it as well. Uh, it's not Jock Steen, I don't think, but it's uh, the the idea that like fans, like people, they they won't remember the result. They won't resen- re- remember who scored or whatever, but they'll remember how they felt. And that's kind of that's kind of what um, it's what Kenny I think strives for. We haven't had that in a long time. I don't remember. Um, any sort of feeling or any, any interview or any sort of feeling like that from o- O'Neill, from Trapatoni, um, from quite far back. You'll be getting a solicitor's letter now. <laughs> quite possibly. Um, and another thing, it shows that, you know, he's he's done the, the, the dance with Kimmich. Is he ready for Tony O'Donoghue? We'll see when those questions, post-match uh, interview questions start coming in and Tony starts hammering him like he did O'Neill. All those times, uh, Stephen will be, be well ready, well ready for Tony's antics. Um, <laughs> what else do we touch on? Good, well, we, <laughs> we, we have a few other bits. Um, soccer sixes, anybody? No, 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 haven't haven't watched him play table tennis with Phil Bab. Um, yeah, he is a good bloke. I, I have no idea. No. <laughs> he, he he chips off an awful lot this McAteer in the most arbitrary and weird things. There's a guy who has a view on Saipan, and he's changed that view a couple of times as well. Um, let's let's touch on something to recommend um, in the in the sort of off season for our um, our listeners. If if there is a few bits, Mark, you wrote a, an interesting piece there on Sunday until I die, um, which was something I was. I was quite interested in because I sort of half started watching it and then turned it off when I realised I wasn't paying attention I needed to realise who was talking at certain times I saw Shea and Gibson pop up in the early stages but um, it, 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 it seems to have been quite universally well liked um, I said to you before I was a bit concerned having I think watched one episode of that Juventus first team uh, PR no, crap this, that this, I, I couldn't sit through this is way better and you don't have to try and read the subtitles placed across um Max Allegri's white powder neck, which makes it really difficult to read the subtitles in in uh, Juventus' first team. But uh, the subtitles were easier to read in the Sunderland one. <laughs> well, they they did <laughs> they use do they, do, they do yeah. some subtitles, yeah. <laughs> but um, like Juventus' first team has, I think it's Andre Bagzagli's driving out of training in his Ferrari, and they black out his license plate. But they don't do that for <laughs> is it Johnny Williams? You can see his license plate in in, in his Jeep. But I, I really enjoyed it with with no live football to go. And, and and watch I kind of got stuck into this over Christmas and, and, and really enjoyed it the, the star are, are the fans and I think from a if you're a League of Ireland fan or if you're a football fan I think you, it doesn't matter that it's Sunderland in, in the championship and rapidly going going down I think people can recognise what it is about going following your team week in week out home and away that they'll be there long after the um, the players have gone and, and probably the the, the uh, best supporting actor would be the the chairman uh, Ellis Short. No, Mar- Martin Bain. Oh, sorry, right. yeah. Who, sorry, the chief executive. Um, and I think the the two 
episodes that coincide with the transfer window are, are really fascinating to see um, the wheeling and dealing that, that go on trying to get the players in trying to get the players out because Jack Rodwell was the, was the big one they were trying to offload him um, and been able to bring four, four players in on, on his wage and he was like yeah no I, I, I'm, I'm staying so um, no I, I really enjoyed it and just to so he's the villain of the yeah the well that's really. the way that's, that's the way they that's the way they edited it but I think it's certainly better than the Juventus first team or I was saying the, the Boca Juniors one is, is reasonably oh, yeah. decent as well yeah. um, but, but the Sunderland one they got great access not in the dressing room but it, but it's but it's everything else it's, it's quite warts and all isn't it I, I didn't realise that when, when it was sort of coming out that um, you know I thought it might have just been a documentary but I don't they obviously didn't realised that it was going to be a relegation season. It was back-to-back relegation season that they went down. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for those who haven't followed it, I suppose. That's what I mean. I don't think... Uh, probably most people know how it finishes or whatever, so you're not really... There's no kind of spoiling to be done. But and you mentioned editing there, and I think... Um, I, I don't know how, how you felt about it, but um, I felt particularly um, with regard to Coleman, maybe I felt probably the tone of the documentary seemed to switch a little bit, and it seemed to be... Uh, in my perception is probably driven by the players' perceptions of him. And there was one particular moment where uh, I think it was McGeady was, it was, McGeady, yeah. was talking about how... It was his only interview. Yeah, he was like, um, he's asked me to play 4-3-3 three, three, and I've never played that before. And, you know, immediately I was thinking in my head, you're at Spartak Moscow for two years, <laughs> or three years, you were playing it there. But uh, it may, maybe it got a little bit kind of lost in translation, but there did seem to be, towards the end anyway, there seemed to be a lot of sort of... Um, portraying Coleman maybe to be a bit a bit weak and a bit kind of a figure of ridicule and uh, I, I felt that maybe a little of that was in the editing but maybe also in kind of a Coleman's kind of way he carries himself as well yeah it's it's not definitely one to watch out for all right um any sequels coming along for that any plans well, for more well when the new owners come in at the end there doesn't seem to be the access <laughs> basically we might we might leave the cameras out here yeah so um, but but interestingly the 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 company that got involved were previously had looked to maybe take over Sunderland and it didn't happen and they were kind of given this access uh, and like it's it's just say it, it's not in the dressing room and I know Simon Grayson uh, who started off the season as manager he, he's been a little bit critical of it and he's talked about the, the editing he spoke about it on, on BT Sport and um, but there's plenty of him he's given the opportunity to kind of talk about it in 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 the series as well. Um, just on a few other things to, to touch on then to um, sort of something for our listeners to get stuck into in the off season um, I noticed you probably saw the, the RTE archives chucking up that um, old clip of Anne O'Brien um, Ireland's first professional female footballer brilliant stuff um, playing over in France and Italy and stuff like that and there was a sort of um, rehashing of an old piece that Mark McCadden did on Anne O'Brien it's well worth a read so just Google and Mark McCadden on the other one, Mark's is very good the other one I'd recommend would be Donald Fallon did one for Pogba McGoal and, and okay. uh, they retweeted it today as well which is a which is a really good one I think we've spoken to Jerry Bryan about it before as well, you, yeah, yeah that's probably pre-me so it doesn't count all those episodes are gone um, yeah just, just no a really interesting one so do uh, do look that up and uh, with regards to extra time that a few pieces in there as well um, Dave you were telling me about one that just before we got in actually um, well just last night I know um, 
Blue Monday is kind of a it's it's a marketing creation or whatever, but it was kind of a, a fitting day that it came in that um Davy O'Connor, um the the Shells coach, been at Shells for the last couple of four years, um he wrote a piece on his own struggle with depression and how it's gonna how um you know, his own uh, his mental health problems I guess uh, constrained his career I- in football and sort of how he's uh, kinda learned how to cope with that and I think it's kinda it's quite timely at this time of year as well, uh, particularly in the new year and kind of a uh, you know, um, I suppose a lot of change going on in people's lives and stuff like that. It's it's quite a nice piece to read if you want to um, have a look on the front page of uh, X Time of the Month. Yeah, sure, we can tweet out a link to it as well um, for a couple of those things that recommended there. Um, any more for any more? Yeah, just one thing. Um, we asked some of our reporters just to talk about uh, some of the highlights of the year last year from, from the press box because we, we put out our annual kind of call out for volunteer reporters to, to join our team. We've got a, a good few people who've uh, come back to us already done a couple of pieces which is which is great but if people are interested we're always on the lookout for um reporters or photographers or podcast hosts sorry no not podcast hosts <laughs> guests Ex- guests 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 yeah um to to and if you are interested in, in getting involved whether you're in journalism looking to get into journalism or just a bit of a hobby and enjoy writing and um, get get in touch um probably the best thing is to is to email the boss garrett.penrose at extratime.ie um, but there's a piece up on the site as well if you're interested the likes of kind of andrew dempsey chair grimes dave we didn't get one from you peace from what happened here. there he's still in the huff because mcdara brought in wagon wheels and and Did you can't have one yeah let's 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 say that <laughs> we will be back in the next couple of weeks with a couple of more podcasts uh, a couple of more guests on the way as well i think we're sort of mid booking a fair few so stay with us we'll have some some decent old hefty names not that uh, i haven't enjoyed the company of mac dara ferris thanks very much mac dara dave thank you very much You're welcome and uh, yeah oh i better give out the email see rusty at et sportscasts uh, on twitter at extra time news on facebook and extra time live at gmail.com if you want to send us on an email we'll be back very shortly and uh, match fit with some proper guests <laughs>